Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Real, Real World Podcast. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to give an explicit warning. The content of this episode is going to be risque in nature, as we are going to be talking about PMO. Uh, make sure you do not have any children nearby or anyone else who this might be a trigger warning to. Uh, specifically, in general, we'll be talking about pornography. So, there is your warning. Thank you for being with us today. I'm with two of my friends, uh, Roman and Josiah. We are all in the same uh, men's sexual freedom group where we get together and try and grow in Christ, especially dealing with our sexual sin. Uh, so welcome guys. I hope you guys, hey, hey. <laughs> I hope you guys, uh, or I'm happy you guys are here with me today. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, I, I guess I already kind of messed up slightly uh, and it's okay. I, I'm very meta on this. Uh, I forgot to say is normally we're a podcast to bridge the gap between boomers and millennials. Sadly, my mom cannot be with us today and we need a little uh, mid episode between the next time we can record. So we're doing a special bonus episode with two of my good friends. The millennials took over. Yeah. The millennials yes. took over. We're, we're uh, all three millennials. Uh, I don't know. How would you guys like to introduce yourselves a little bit? Uh, how would you guys want to, or you guys want to just be like, get into it? Yeah, no, uh, I'm Roman. Um, this is my first time on a podcast and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am leading the, the men's sexual freedom group. And so I have like, I don't know, two plus years of kind of studying some of this stuff and learning how to get over it. And um, I'm excited to talk about it. Welcome. Thank you pleasure to be here. Cool. Um, yeah, my name is Josiah and I am a part of the men's sexual freedom group. Ooh. I would say, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I have a lifetime of mistakes to, um, go off of here. Don't so, we all? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into this and, um, Trying to think of a fun fact about myself, though. Oh, yeah, that's um, good. Mm, yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun facts are pretty fun. <sighs> Here, while you think of that, I will give mine. Uh, I am actually a black belt. What? Oh. I'm a black belt. I was I was on the verge of getting my secondary black belt in Taekwondo when I stopped. Yeah, fun story about that. The first time I ever saw Brian was uh, at, at church. He was just in the courtyard, and uh, he was standing next to uh, a great buddy, Nick Munoz. <laughs> is this really the first time you met me? This is the first time I ever saw you. This is, okay, that's hilarious. And you guys are just standing next to each other. Your your hand is on him with like a fully extended, kind of like a knife hand. And then all of a sudden you just punch him really quick and <laughs> falls to the floor like super hard and everyone's just going crazy. <laughs> and he's like, dude, that punch was legit. And Nick was like, dude, don't mess with Brian, man. <laughs> for all my listeners who think I might be a violent man, I am not. <laughs> he did literally ask was, for it because we were talking yes, about martial arts. There was consent there, yes. <laughs> he didn't but he loves to go and show people. it to the kids at youth ministry and yeah. everything and saying, oh, yeah, look at what your leader Brian did. <laughs> See how hard he punched me. That's hilarious. Dang, I don't think I can beat that one. Um, I used to live in Hawaii. I'm pretty sure that beats both of what <laughs> things we just said. That's really cool. Yeah. I've never been to Hawaii. Neither have I. Yeah. My fun fact is I used to jump out of airplanes. And I hate that that's my fun fact because I, I didn't really enjoy it. And everyone's like, oh, you jumped out of airplanes. But I, don't, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's a fun fact. I think that's a terrifying fact. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was a little scary. 
Yeah. Uh, so typically for the first couple, I guess I didn't say this in our debrief. We normally ask each other how we've been doing. Okay. Uh, so how have you guys been doing? Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I uh, just got over a sickness. Uh, I feel like my right. voice is a little nasally, but uh, hopefully I don't cough anything into the mic today. So I'm feeling a lot better. That's good. Yeah, you sound, I mean, I guess I didn't hear you sound when you were sick, but yeah. I heard that you were really sick. Yeah, yeah. It was it was hard to get out of bed. It was pretty gross. Sorry so. for that. Yeah. Well, you recovered. Yes, I Stronger have. than ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Josiah, have you been, man? Yeah, I've been good. Um, it's been a season of ups and downs, so I'm on and up, I think. That's good. Amen. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So yeah. That's good, yeah. That's good. What about you, brother? It's really good to see you. How you been? Uh, my name is Brian. Not bro- <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> nah, I've been doing good. Was celebrating with my mom for her birthday earlier today. Uh, so mom and dad, you're Happy listening birthday, to this Brian's probably. <laughs> her name's Bobby. <laughs> Happy uh, birthday, Bobby. Happy uh, birthday. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were uh, we were spending time with them. My dad grilled up some just super high quality burgers. It was real fun hanging out with them and my brother and Carla. Uh, and then they're going to go to a party later, and that's why we're, we weren't able to record today, is they're ah. going to spend some time with some other people for their birthdays or anniversary. I don't remember. Mm. Uh, they're good family friends, though, which makes me feel kind of bad because I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I guess getting kind of into it now, uh, since we're talking about pornography, uh, according to Wikipedia, this is like their first paragraph yeah. when you look at pornography, often shortened to porn is the portrayal of sexual subject matter for the exclusive purposes of sexual arousal. Pornography may be presented in a variety of media, including magazines, animation, writing, film, video, and video games. The term does not include live exhibitions. So like going to a strip club or like being with your wife is not included in pornography because that's, I mean, at that point it's just actual something physically sexual. Uh, and that kind of brings up when we think about porn, I, I remember, and I was back in a government class in high school and the teacher was telling us about this famous court case about playboy magazines or one of the other magazines might've been hustler. I don't remember. And it went to one of the circuit of appeals or the Supreme court and the judge was giving his opinion on it. And one of the things he said is, uh, I can't define pornography for you, but I know it when I see it. Mm. And my response to that is, do we? <laughs> I don't feel like we do. I feel like when we think of pornography, we often think of like overtly hardcore sexual content that we go to porn sites for. But like just thinking of something common, like going to Instagram and seeing a cute girl in a bikini going to if you're a girl and you're straight, you know, seeing some hot dude at a beach without a shirt on, rocking his abs, uh, whatever have you. And I feel like those can begin to elicit those same types of wants and responses. Mm-hmm. So I think we want to talk a little bit about like the brain and like how porn affects us. Uh, and Roman, you had some stuff you wanted to share with that. Did you want to get right yeah. into that? First thing, I, I think what really stands out to me about that definition is the, the writing. Because uh, it just kind of shows um, the, um, the 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 many layers of of what porn is and how it's so diverse. That like it's 
like you said, it's it's not just what we think it is, but I mean, for for myself, when I feel conviction, um, sometimes it's not on a porn site, but sometimes it's on social media, or sometimes it's reading something that I uh, shouldn't be reading because it's it's making my mind a little bit corrupt, and so. I thought that was like really interesting. Um, just hearing the the wide variety of, of of different things that definition kind of claim that porn is. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense too. Because uh, back whenever Fifty Shades of Grey came out, like that as a movie, mm, then yeah. the the book that came with it was very came started becoming very popular with the women. Mm. And uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how our old pastor put it, but he's like most women. Uh, or at least adult women at that time, like it wasn't socially acceptable for them to like look at normal porn, but for like erotic books were like super popular yeah. with women. Yeah. And it was like, it doesn't ha- you don't have to be staring at someone naked for it to be pornography. Yeah. I want to add to like, just <laughs> the thought, cause you mentioned, you know, hardcore porn. And, and that made me think of the fact that we use the terminology hardcore porn or yeah. softcore porn. Mm. And if if there's those two terms that we use, then how can somebody really say which is which? Mm. You know what I mean? Like like you said, I would say a form of softcore porn could be for somebody, someone on the beach in a bikini. You know, yeah. like um I, I don't know. That that's my thought. I think things can be triggers and I think mm-hmm. that um the different levels yeah it just varies by person. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because I think, um, a lot of people will think hardcore porn is, uh, like BDM or something where somebody's being choked or tied up or things like that. Um, but it's my understanding that softcore porn is pictures or people not engaging in sex, but still showing some form of nudity. Versus hardcore porn is actually uh, intercourse, and that's like yeah. the only difference. And and that was my understanding, just basis off of some de- definition I've read uh, quite a bit ago. So don't quote me on that. But um, I, I was actually reading, reading a little bit about this last night, and I think if I remember correctly, hardcore is defined as when there's penetration involved. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so you know somebody's probably out there right now saying like. Oh, I don't watch hardcore porn, but you you really do. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, unless you're just looking at magazines, which is still you know porn, but it, if you're watching it on those sites and there's penetration, like that's that's hardcore. So, um, yeah, and um, I find it fascinating learning about the brain and. Um, understanding what our brain goes through um, when we look at porn or, or, or in, in any type of addiction. Um, for me, understanding this really, really helps me kind of take steps forward um, because without it, we can play the, uh, the oblivious card um, and say like, oh, well, I, I had no idea. Um, sometimes I think that's not still not okay. Uh, just because you don't know doesn't make it, it, it it okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, uh, it kind of reminds me, uh, do you guys remember like they haven't done it in a couple years, 
uh, because eventually it started getting really big outlet uh, backlash. But like, do you guys remember the Carl's Jr. commercials? Yes. Oh, just yeah. those were, <laughs> those were overtly just super sexual. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, I, me and my dad used to always joke about is like, man, I really want a burger right now. <laughs> <laughs> Every time those commercials would come on. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, we were just trying to be funny, but it was like, there are so many people who were legit affected by that because it's, yeah. That tar- that that being targeted by that is like they aren't aware of how deeply it's affecting them, mm. but that doesn't mean it's not affecting them or harming them. Yeah, yeah. My wife used to refuse to eat at Carl's Jr. Wow. because of the commercials. Man, I just do it because it's expensive, but I can have deep respect for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little pricey, um, but so here's what's happening when. Um, when you watch porn, uh, real quick, yes. do you mind? There is one little thing I always say uh, at the beginning of a podcast. Mm. We do not claim to be experts in any way. Oh, no, not at all. We're <laughs> about to go into some more, a little bit more scientific stuff yeah. that we've researched and come to understand. Yeah. Uh, so don't take this as our, uh, don't take this as gospel. Do some research yourselves. Always uh, do your best to understand and read into things as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually going to say something like that as well because um, I'm about to. Uh, read a, a couple lines from this book called Your Brain on Porn. It's by uh, Luke Gilkerson, and you can actually find it and download it uh, for free ebook version on uh, covenanteyes.com. Um, and, and so, yeah, this is all their research, uh, not coming from me, but I'm just going to be reading it and kind of like paraphrasing. Um, and also you two, uh, feel free to uh, stop me at any point and let's let's discuss some of this stuff because it's very very interesting um, so first off the way that God created us um, our brain is actually meant to remember where our natural desires are satisfied uh, like if the body is hungry it's the brain's job to remember in vivid detail where food can be found um, you can probably think of many many experiences or, or memories in your head where um, you just naturally knew where things were or you just had this desire and you just automatically went and fulfilled it. Uh, it, it didn't take um, strategic planning or anything like that. It was just kind of autopilot. Um, I, I think that's the way that God created us. Um, and um, after that, dopamine uh, is the neurotransmitter responsible for helping us remember where to satisfy our natural drives. So when um, we satisfy one of those natural drives, it releases dopamine in, into a region of the brain responsible for emotion, uh, responsible for emotion and learning. And this gives the viewer a sense of sharp focus and an awareness of craving. So what does that mean when, when we fulfill one of our desires? And it's really, really good. Uh, this chemical called dopamine is released um, in our brain, and it basically acts as a sense of uh, memory or a or, or natural reflex to next time um, you're craving that to go go do it again. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. It's, uh, it's I mean, essentially it's like the, the way we would, uh, in a sense, God would have made it for us for this is like with our spouses – God would have made us to have that sort of joy so as we share ourselves with them. 
Uh, yeah, but, absolutely. And so then that we so then we would return to our spells, but mm. then now we've kind of twisted it and like abused it. Yeah. So that way, oh hey, I could just Google boobs or naked ladies or something like when I was ten, yeah. and suddenly I go back to that instead. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Because um, I I think that is uh, what the dopamine is for. I mean, God made everything perfect and and god said it was all good and so um there's this naturality to it so like you said brian when it's in consexual committed uh married marital sex yeah you also said consexual consexual i said that i i think did you mean (laughs) consensual or contextual yeah, you know, I I just feel like that's actually a really good, and it could have been the nasal problems. <laughs> I believe I said it correctly. I th- uh, but were you trying to say contextual or consensual? Consensual. Okay, I just thought I thought you were saying trying to say contextual, uh, and I was like, that's a very good way to conjugate those two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant consensual. Wow, there it is again. Okay, all right. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> Consensual. There you go. As well as um, monogamous marriage, and that um, under those conditions, um, the dopamine being released allows us to go back to our wives over and over and over again, and then that creates um, a, a bond or builds a bond of love. Um, and that's the way it's supposed to naturally happen. However, um, when when it's outside of those uh, conditions, um, it doesn't happen that way. And so, like, w- when sexually stimulated dopamine is released into a region of the brain responsible for emotion and learning. Oh, I already read that. Okay. <laughs> this is not going well. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. We're not experts. We're yeah, not trying I'm to be experts. Expert. I'm this trying to just, read and I'm, I'm this having is, trouble just reading. <laughs> well, um, it'll say as you keep reading then for a second to get where you want to go to next, yeah. I think speaking on a little bit, um, speaking a little bit about marriage, I had a couple notes that I had mm. jotted down. Uh, and it's just because I'm unmarried. Yeah. I've never, uh, I've never been with someone like that. Uh, and so I've only heard stories about men who've deeply struggled with porn going into their marriage. Uh, but it always feels like they follow the same pattern. Uh, it's men struggling to be fully pleased by their wife Mm. because they're so used to pleasing themselves one way. Then like it almost seems like idiotic, but I've just heard it again and again. It has to be true of men just struggling to like be fully satisfied by what their wife and what they have to offer. Mm. Uh, and it's just like, whenever we're not married, that seems almost maybe so silly. It's like, how yeah. could you not want to jump to that? But it's, we, we just teach ourselves so much and so much that yeah. we eventually can't. And I still remember this isn't, this is about a friend who he's not married I just remember him, he was trying to brag about this. Mm. Uh, he was talking about the night he lost his virginity. Uh, and he was pretty much saying uh, he wasn't able to finish. Yeah. And he was saying, it was the way he was saying it was like, oh, like she climaxed multiple times. Like I lasted forever. Was, and I was like, well, like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, well, I, like, I didn't actually 
finish at all. And yeah. I was like, like you realize that's because you're addicted to porn. Yeah. Uh, because he, he's talked to me about his porn habits before. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, I, I knew that was why it's like, you were trying to brag a little bit about the sexual encounter that you had, but it really sounded like, like you didn't, I mean, first you didn't sleep with the woman that you married. Yeah. That was, which is first is not good. And then two is like, you didn't even actually fully experience the first time you ever had sex. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know, seems kind of depressing and it's because of porn. It's mm-hmm. because of how porn affected him. Yeah. Well, and I think that's how, that just shows how powerful the brain is. Mm. Oh, definitely. Because we're talking about the brain and like when we do train our brain to react to one thing and then we still have a desire to have like, a, you know, these sexual encounters with yeah. r- real life person. <laughs> <laughs> and then that comes and, and your, your brain is trained a whole different way. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of disappointing. And I, I think that's, um, that's fascinating, like hearing that story, because I hear the opposite more where um, guys actually struggle with erectile dysfunction yeah. um, in their marriage um, because they, their brain is trained to only respond to the screen. And, and that's crazy. It's, it's not that their body doesn't function right mm. in general. Yeah. It's just it functions better when there's, you know, images or videos playing versus a real life, you know. Yeah, and I think uh, what what you guys are talking about, this book, Your Brain on, Born, on Porn, um, calls it um, desensitization. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it defines it as continued exposure to porn, especially for long periods of time, releases surge after surge of dopamine, giving the brain an unnatural high. The brain eventually fatigues, limiting the release of do- dopamine, uh, and it leaves the viewer wanting more, but unable to reach, unable to reach a level of satisfaction. It, so we're, we're desensitizing ourselves. And, and this is exactly what you guys just explained. Um, you know, mm-hmm. always wanting that perfect night of losing your virginity, um, but you're <laughs> fan- fantasizing over it uh, over and over again. Um, watching porn, getting off to it, and then all of a sudden it happens, and you're desensitized. So all those the, the the those dopamine releases that are supposed to feel so great end up uh, not feeling that well, and that's um, strictly because you're desensitized. And so um, you know, like uh, I don't know, let's say a, a boxer, you know getting in a whole bunch of fights, he's going to probably be able to take a punch better than I can. Um, he's <laughs> desensitized himself. And I, I don't know. You can t- <laughs> take a pretty good punch. <laughs> well, that's just because I got this beer to protect me, you know. That's right. I'm pretty sure... Uh, uh, sorry, this is a little bit random. I don't remember. There was a cartoon once where I had Chuck Norris with this glorious beard, <laughs> and they made a joke saying how he has another beard under his fist and it, like, yeah. knocks someone out. Yeah. I think that was maybe Family Guy. It was probably Family Guy. I, think I remember that being Family Guy. Yeah. Okay. Definitely don't watch Family Guy. <laughs> it's not a. Sh- it's not a show no. that I think we endorse on this podcast. Family Guy was my pre-Christian days. No, just uh, joking. That was my. Uh, I think my eight-year-old days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking either. Same. No, I, I I grew up watching South Park, and uh, my mom did not know. And I would every time we would go to my dad's house, 
uh, he would let us watch South Park, uh. and we'd come home and my and tell my mom what we watched, and she'd be so mad because <laughs> it was an awful show for kids, you know. Yeah, S- similar sort of thing with me, but I think it was mainly my mom would fall asleep at like eight o'clock, and I didn't go to sleep until like nine or ten. Like I just couldn't fall asleep. So after my parents went to bed, I would just turn the TV on, and they would be unaware of whatever I would watch. Yeah, I only saw random episodes of those, but. I vividly remember an episode of, I think it was South Park. And <laughs> I just remember laughing so hard because <laughs> I, I don't know the characters, but I know yeah. one of them got like HIV. And then oh, the oh said, my gosh. like, oh, are you positive? And he's like, yeah, I'm HIV positive. <laughs> and I just, it was just funny. I actually remember that. I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, that show that shows pretty intense and thank god when i was as young as i was watching that show i didn't know half the stuff that they were talking about it's one of those shows you go back yes. and watch and as as an adult and you're just like what that, how did i become a christian TV? after watching this show <laughs> yeah. and i mean it's not that i mean like they're not they're definitely not the most moral shows yeah. i don't want to be like oh if you watch the show you're eat, you're sinful oh, or no, something no, no. Yeah. i'm not going to hate someone if they watch that show or anything yeah. uh I'm sure my mom's rolling her eyes right now as she's listening to this because <laughs> she knows she, she does not like those kinds of shows. Hey, but millennials are taking over and they know That's what right. we're talking Millennial about. That's right. Millennials are taking over. That's right. That's right. The boomers are all like, oh my gosh, that show's pure evil. And millennials are like, yeah, but it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's not been uncommon for a lot of like opinions to be switched for normal. From when my mom gets messages, a lot of millennials will have more stereotypical boomer opinions. Ah, and a lot of yeah. boomers will be more understanding where they're like, like, no, I agree with Scott or, oh, I agree with Brian. Like, what are you talking about, Bobby? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, but back to the brain. Um, so I think the the three main cycles that are, are super, super important to understand is first that desensitization, um, right? We already talked about how uh, exposing ourselves to, to those things over and over and over again uh, releases dopamine in, in the wrong sense to where it's almost exhausting um, your brain and um, now it's, it's becoming unnatural, um, and so you desensitize yourself. And this actually leads to something else called hypersensitization, where you're, so you're desensitizing, um, you're, you're desensitizing um, what your desires are. And so you start seeking um, more or. Oh, like, uh, it's like the you always go more and more hardcore or yeah and so that's what the hypersensitization is uh, it's which is the it's it's when the brain becomes hypersensitive to various sexual triggers uh like the viewer is experiencing more and more triggers than before uh maybe before maybe before the the viewer was watching porn every day uh it would only be you know the most beautiful girl in the world uh, who's wearing something very, very revealing. And, and that's kind of like triggering. But after the, the user starts watching every single day, now um, it's like every girl that walks down the street or, or you know, you're just triggered by every, even something like not seeing a girl, but you're just alone. And being yeah. alone is that trigger. So that's actually really interesting because that phenomenon was pointed out to me I don't, I don't, I'm not even fully sure if he's a Christian. He was a dude who went to a high school youth group with me 
And the way he pointed this out was, he was like, man, I'm really struggling with porn right now. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, every single time I see a girl that's not like my family or someone who's like really, really old, my first thought when I look at her, it like regardless of how attractive she is, is would I... <laughs> Literally, he, I, I put it down as, as what he said is, would I smash or not? Nah? Mm. Uh, which is a very <laughs> more uh, crass way of saying it. It's not too crass, but I mean, just it, it's, it just kind of like warped my mind to think like, do I do that? And like yeah. the more I thought about it, the more I realized to some extent I did that too. Like whenever I see a girl who had some capacity I could potentially be interested in, like that is one of my first thoughts is gauging that level of interest. Yeah. And that's not, I th- you said it was hypersensitivation. Yeah. So I can't even say the words. <laughs> See, it's words are hard. Words Don't are hard. Saying them wrong. <laughs> hey, I thought you were trying to conjugate a really cool word with contextual and consensual. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we desensitize ourselves um, in, in a sense that everything becomes a trigger. Like you'll notice when you were younger that some of those things aren't triggers. And now simply being alone is just a trigger. Now you're like ready to go. Um, (laughs) Well, and a trigger can even be like, say, Oh, what would be an example? Um, Say the, the, the first time you ever saw porn was, I don't know. Um, in a grocery store, you know, like yeah. uh, a random image or something. Yeah. And then, and then you like went in the bathroom or, or you did something. And then anytime you're in that type of a setting, oh, that yeah. can be a trigger. Yeah. It yeah. can literally be a, a reminder of something that reminds you of those events. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the hypersensitization is the thing that like when you get in that, um, in that space or that location that you think is a trigger. Now it's almost like a panic of like, I feel like I need to mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. versus before maybe the most beautiful girl in the world that's dressed inappropriately is almost always a trigger, but you still have a little bit of willpower um, versus now that you're, now that you're uh, hypersensitized. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you were a little bit off the mic there. I was trying yeah. to, <laughs> I got you. Um, yeah, now that you're hypersensitized, it's really, really hard to say no to that. And you just mm-hmm. almost feel like a need to, to take care of that. Uh, well, it becomes a coping mechanism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys know that's actually how most ODs happen is that same process? Wow. Uh, mm. Because you'll be, like, talking about triggers, you'll be in a setting that'll trigger you. Like, you'll have suddenly that desire mm. uh, for porn, masturbation, uh and with drugs, you'll be in a similar setting, and when your brain will begin to process that, uh, the brain will then begin to produce things to counteract chemicals, like with drugs. Mm, yeah. And so then that's when you have to start increasing your dose more and more because your body's making naturally resistant uh, chemicals to resist the chemicals. It knows yeah. you're about to induce itself. Yeah. But then you go into, uh, say, a different situation or a different context Mm. and you're not ready for it. And then you give that same normal dose, your body will OD because it hasn't been making those chemicals to resist Mm. the initial part of it. Like normal. Yeah. And so that idea of triggering it, like that's how dangerous it is. Like, Mm. like that's, this is the kind of stuff we're dealing with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the book touches on that as well. It says uh, the process of sensitization and desensitization impacts the prefront, prefrontal cortex in the brain. As dopamine receptors degenerate in the brain, changes take place in the prefront, prefrontal lobes. Uh, this is the region of the brain uh, responsible for our willpower, uh, regulating our behavior and making decisions based on on wisdom and morals. And so normally when emotions or impulses surge um, from that side of the brain, they want to uh, act or make decisions. And the prefrontal lobes are, are there to exercise ultimate control over them. Um, this is why our emotions are, are naturally good because they help us feel. Um, but we don't really want our emotions to make decisions for us. Um, so those prefrontal lobes are supposed to, you know, come in and, and filter, filter out decision-making and kind of like, uh, check our emotions or our, our impulses. Um, however, when the prefrontal lobes are weakened by continual porn use, willpower is eroded and there's nothing to stop the sense of craving pornography. Mm. As a result, the person experiences the urge, not just as a desire, but as an intense need. Neuroscientists call this problem hypofrontality. Yeah. That's a lot of big words. Which is interesting. Uh, I, I was about to switch gears for a second after we were done, but I just wanted to add something that was really important. Uh, I remember reading into this a little bit last night, and one of the things I found was, I don't remember which agency it was. It was in charge of con- like deciding what was a disease by medical experts. And they did not consider pornography addiction, like in like mm-hmm. in a, like in, in a part of like mental disorders, like other yeah. addictions, uh, like like even with what you just said, like they didn't classify that as an addiction. It was a very tremendous need. Well, that's that's an addiction. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like when you when you need something so bad that you don't actually need to the point you are just compulsed to do it. Like yeah. that's yeah. the definition of addiction. Yeah, I think the main thing of an addiction is those chemicals that kind of drive you or push you to, um, to do something that, uh, you don't naturally want to do. It's something that developed over time. And all of a sudden you see those triggers. Um, and, and now you have a, a sense of panic that you feel like you need to do something. That's Mm -hmm. what an addiction is. And it doesn't matter whether it's porn, drugs or food or, uh, anything. You know, yeah. a walk in the park. I don't know why that would release dopamine, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> Walks in the park are so addictive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you go running every day, but people talk about that runner's high. Yeah. I like that. And that's not, I don't necessarily would say that. I don't know if that's necessarily would be an addiction, but it's that joy you keep going back to. Yeah. I mean, if you would feel a sense of uh, urgency to, to do it and, and you feel like you need to. Um, yeah. And, and you feel like you're going through some of these uh, cycles in your brain. Maybe it's an addiction. It sounds like a very, very unlikely one. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's all types of unhealth out there. And if you're addicted to physical health because you're so unhealthy in your, in your brain, um, so um, subconscious about the way that you look or something like that, like yeah. that can definitely be an addiction. Yeah. Uh, so for our last few minutes before we go into some more Bible focused stuff, uh, I wanted to kind of switch gears. We're talking a lot about porn and pornography and masturbation's effects on us. I wanted to talk, like, kind of bring it home a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily about our personal lives, but, like, uh, sh- if we could, like, should we ban porn? 
Mm. Like some like what are like some more maybe difficult things that we would have to deal with in real life. Like should we ban porn? Uh, or should it be something that we're just very vigilant for in our personal lives? And I was kind of maybe wondering what you guys' thoughts on that. My opinion is no. Um, and I say that I don't think we should ban porn because, like you said, there's always going to be something. And I believe that, and we've talked about this in men's sexual freedom that like one of the, the beautiful gifts that God has given us is willpower, right? Like mm. the, the power to choose. Um, and that's hard and it, it sucks sometimes. <laughs> um, but really like, it's a beautiful thing. So like, yeah. I, it, it's like, why, why do we love living in this country? Mm. You know, we enjoy living in the United States of America because of freedom, right? Like we yeah. want to have freedom and that is what God has given us. And so, although I, I don't like pornography, I don't like what it has done to me. I don't like what it has done to, um, a lot of my friends and people I know and all the people I don't know. Um, it's just one of those things that, that we get to choose to do or not to do. Um, so that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, of course, I would love to ban all evil, <laughs> and I believe it is an evil thing. And so, but yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Roman, did you want to give? Do you have a? Did you have similar thoughts? Did you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I think it's kind of like a complex question uh, because you know, it's 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 similar to I don't know gay marriage. Um, you may not believe in it. You may believe that it's. Uh, between a man and a woman, as I do. Um, however, I sometimes listen to uh, a couple podcasts here and there, and um, one of them is Ben Shapiro, and he always kind of says, like, well, that shouldn't make the law, you know? And um, so restricting by law, I, I feel like, doesn't always do as, as, as much as we think it would do. Um I think it would do a lot of good making it illegal, but I mean, just like any other drug out there, people are still going to find a way to do it anyways. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I think we definitely need to have more conversations and definitely yeah. spread more awareness. Um, and there's a lot of good companies out there that are working really hard at this right now. Um, however, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not really too into politics, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't have too much of an opinion on that, but I mean, just blatantly, I would just say like, uh, do more active conversations rather than trying to, to change a law. I think yeah. that's good. Um, I think that's really good. Actually. I would yeah. agree with that. I still stand on what I said. Um, but I guess to give a little more, uh, clarification, like, cause I was thinking about it and I was like, well, that would mean that I would be for like nothing being illegal or nothing being banned because we can just always have the freedom to choose. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, that can get dangerous, you yeah. know? And I, I do think that there are things that should not be allowed, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. not be so easy to access. Um, so it's, it's, it's iffy, but I, I agree with you. Yeah. I think that we should focus more on conversations mm. We should focus more on 
like how can we make a difference in a different way rather than making something unattainable like how about let's bring knowledge and and wisdom to people and and show what the effects do so people don't want to to access that you know yeah no i I agree uh Whenever you guys are talking, one of the first questions that came up in my mind is, well, how should we make laws if not for what's ethical? Mm. But at the same time, that doesn't always, it's not always necessarily helpful. Like, say the thing supposedly that's ethical, maybe if you're, if you're uh, very conservative, you'll say, obviously, this is unethical of taking away guns. Mm. Well, California, where there's very high gun crime, people will be very divisive. And so California has generally decided to take away guns. Uh, just so many more are illegal now. You can't have so many all these things. There was actually just a change in the Supreme Court. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like recently, they, not the Supreme Court, the one of the California circuit over overthrew a ban on some aspect of assault weapons. But it's like just because California's banned things doesn't mean our gun crime has gotten better. Mm-hmm. Just because a bunch of cops went in and like hit hard on a bunch of LA gangs doesn't mean they got better. They just spread elsewhere. Yeah. It's not necessarily like it's not treating the cancer. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's like it's like trying to treat, treat someone for the common cold when they have cancer. Like you're not really doing anything. You might make yeah. them feel a little bit better, especially give them some like nighttime medicine. They get a little bit sleepy. Yeah, but that's like that's not healing anything. Uh, yeah. The only thing I would I would add on to that is like if I had to say yes or no, I would say yes. Um, just for the sake yes of yes to like, ban or yes to not yes ban. to ban. Uh, and, and again, I still believe what I said earlier that we should kind of spend more time, uh, being active in conversation. But I mean, if I had to choose, um, like what good does it do anyone? That was, I was actually one of the next things I was going to say was you guys might probably heard about this at some point a few months ago, Pornhub purged every single non officially registered video from their website because they kept getting threats of sues, uh, sue, being sued because a bunch of people kept finding child pornography yeah. on their website. Wow. And I mean, Pornhub is actually a Canadian company. Uh, so it's not like a US based thing, a US based thing will ever affect it. But at the same time, one thing, if we did make porn legal in that, like if we had that conversation, having porn be legal and trying to f- like strictly regulate it like that, like Pornhub's getting to now, that can greatly reduce potentially the harm like or spread of child pornography. Mm. Uh, so it's like if we completely banned it, like say people wanted to do with certain drugs or guns or whatever thing that someone bans because they don't like it, like and ends up spreading like wildfire. Yeah. Well, what if that happened to like child pornography? Yeah. What if by regulating something like normal porn, we're able to prevent a even gr- far, far greater evil as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, well, but it's still evil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, contrary, I may be pretty liberal compared to my mom sometimes, but I am not someone who would say sex work is real work. Mm. I would say that's something that's immoral. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was just a quick little comment that I had. Uh, did you guys want to say anything else, or did you guys want me to get to another quick question? Yeah, another question's good. Right. Uh, this one's going to be a pretty spicy take. So one of the parts of the, that definition of pornography we had way at the beginning, and I'm actually kind of excited that you guys emphasized it was writing. Mm. 
Where does the Song of Solomon fit in this? Oh. <laughs> because there is overtly sexual content in that scripture. Uh, and yes, there, is. there are some people out there who talk about how that, oh, that's just a allegorization of Jesus' love for the church. Yeah, nah, yeah, no. That's, that's God full on saying this is what a beautiful romantic relationship looks like. Yeah. But at the same time, like, where does that then fit in a marriage? Like, where would sexual content effectively, I don't know, uh, maybe depict what a good marriage is or spice things up, as people might say? Or, like, where would something like the Song of Solomon fit in a godly marriage? Because I do not have an answer for that. (laughs) Well, that blows, because I was going to tell a funny story of of when I first read that, and then I was going to say, I have no idea, but I'm in (laughs) seminary, so you got to answer. I mean, I have a a couple ideas, uh, but I'm not married, so I I, I guess what I'm saying it's like a whole other thing for me. Yeah. Well, I'll say something. I... And I'm no expert. I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and sometimes my opinion changes. So um, just being real. But <laughs> I I love that book. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really beautiful, yeah. actually. And I think um, I believe that that's a picture of what a marriage should be, of yeah. what desire should be within your marriage. And yeah. so yeah. I believe that... Um, it's just a great example. Like, yeah. I love how it it's, gets so descriptive, mm-hmm. you know, talking about her breasts. What does it say? Her breasts are like... There's there's multiple the, depict- There's multiple descriptions. Yeah, something about um, mounds of wheat and... and uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. yeah. There's one like that. There's one that describes her breast is like like baby doe. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. But I, I just think it's it's really beautiful. It's... it's um, romanticism is that Mm -hmm. a word it's romanticism at its core within a marriage Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that's what i believe uh oh i was gonna say something else and i lost it i love how you put that um because me and my wife read it together and we were just lost in um the romantic side of their longing for each other. Mm-hmm. It was beyond beautiful the way that they would describe each other and 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 kind of just be patient and, and wait for each other, um, but also be aggressive at the same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and one of the verses even says, um, my, my beloved is mine and I am his, right? Yeah. And so, like, that's an example right there of, like, you know, I am... I am my spouse's and my spouse is mine. You know, like we are one um, together. And, and I, yeah, I think that's so good. Um, I would also say that, um, oh my goodness, I lost my thought again. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Don't worry Shoot. about it. Okay. What do you have to say, Brian? Yes. So it was even just two. I guess I technically lied. I just needed to think about it for more than I yeah, was. I was <laughs> in the same boat. Uh, <laughs> Just thinking about it a little bit, uh, we're talking about what porn is. It will, it's for the purposes of to elicit sexual stimuli effectively. Yeah. Uh, and for the most of the times, it's for self-serving purposes. Yeah. I don't think Song of Solomon's about self-serving purposes. It's like, as you just said, Josiah, at some point, uh, either the wife or the husband says, I am yours and you are mine. Mm. It's, it's saying, I no longer belong to myself 
and just belong to God. I also now belong to you. Like you are now also in control of my body. I think that's even one of the scripture verses that Paul writes. He's talking about how husband and wives shouldn't deprive each other of uh, their of sex when they want it, uh, regardless of they're in the mood or not. And him just saying like, you're no longer just your own body. You're now hers. And wives, you're now his. Hmm. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it is, Song of Solomon isn't about self-serving purposes. It's about how does a godly sex life look like, <laughs> which seems weird because we're in such a culture where sex is either super overly celebrated, like we see things that are should not be seen in like gay gay pride parades. Uh, with like, I remember seeing a dude this last week at a gay pride parade. Not that I was that one. I saw a picture. He was wielding a suit of dildos. No, no one should ever see that. <laughs> no child should ever see that. And there was a child in the picture. Uh, and so it's like, but though at the same time, there's like Christians who are so, just so overly pure in the sense where it's anything that's remotely sexual is condemned to the point where you have men who are getting married and because they were looking at porn and stuff, when they end up actually having sex, they'll end up feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh like when they like, I don't know if that's something you guys experienced because you guys have both been married, but that's something I've heard a lot from guys like I've known. Like after they've gotten married, they feel guilty for a while because mm. they've been taught to feel guilty about anything that's sexual. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it was it was between that and then uh, I had one other thought. I can't remember it off the top of my head. I might come back with it later. Did you have something you wanted to add, Roman? No, I. Well, I wasn't sure. Sorry. Um, on the the feeling guilty part, I, I know quite a few guys. Um, at least in my in my groups, um, they work so hard at trying to say no because they they're not married and um, sex is bad and. Before marriage. Before marriage. And, and they work so hard at that when they get married, um, it's, it's a little bit difficult at first because, yeah, you do got to flip a switch uh, from this is bad to I'm allowed to do this now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do know a few guys who, who experienced that. And, um, yeah, I, I would just kind of say... Um, it, it takes time, um, but also um, there's just a lot of things going on in in the head about that, right? Like yeah. you said no for so long, and now you get to say yes. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a little bit weird, but, but over time, I think usually that's a, a, a newer couple, uh, new, newlyweds, and, and over time they're... Uh, they kind of phase out of that. Yeah, um, I didn't personally experience that. Um, I know a lot of people who who did, you know. Um, I did not. Um, but one verse, I w- this is what I was going to say earlier, one scripture, it's always been one of my favorites, and it's in Proverbs. Um, I want to say it's Proverbs 18, either 22 or 24. Um and it, it says, uh, he who finds a wife finds a treasure and receives favor from the Lord. 
Um, another version is he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. But I love I love the the version where it says treasure because I think we need to think of our spouse as a treasure. And mm. if we think that's good. Uh, like yeah. it, when I think of my wife as my treasure, I'm like, man, there's always more like treasure to to discover, mm-hmm. you know, with her. And so, mm-hmm. like, I think of a treasure chest or or um, something where you just are constantly pulling jewels out and and all these beautiful things, and, and that's what marriage is should be, and that is what um, a wife is, you know, yeah. To, yeah. to us men. And so, um, so. Th- back to like um song of solomon like that's what i kind of think of too like that's what that was yeah you know preach man yeah that was good see my (laughs) wife now (laughs) it's uh something that's not very well known but in proverbs it's very common for wife or woman to be considered synonymous with wisdom Hmm. uh like it's something that a lot of rabbis would talk about. We have this idea of the Proverbs 31 woman being like a very godly wife. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of rabbis and older teachers would talk about how that was, it was an allegory for wisdom. It was a way of ending the book on a similar note as the beginning. Wow. That's uh, interesting. Uh, but kind of bringing down of, but it doesn't mean the Proverbs about women aren't true as well. Like it's also true, like, cause Proverbs are just, they're Proverbs. They're not absolute statements. Mm. So it can be true about two things, but it's just that idea of talking about that woman. Well, it's not your wife, but it's also that wisdom from her. She is that wisdom in our sexuality, in our uh, in our life, in our relationships as well. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I can't speak a whole lot about from experience, but. <laughs> no, that's really good, man. Yeah. Uh, we're running. I know you guys didn't want to. We, we don't have infinite time. I had one other pretty heavy question. Uh, but we're at 53 minutes, so I wasn't sure how much time you guys had left. Is that for another one? Okay. Let's go for it. This this was the last. This is one of the more difficult ones. Uh, is how is pornography different or the same as adultery? Because mm. I mean, we know we know on one hand, like as Jesus says in Matthew five. Yes. Uh, like if you even lust in your heart, it's the same as if you committed adultery with someone. Yeah, I, I think that's um, exactly correct. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and uh, try to uh, break down Jesus's words because uh, we needed Paul and half the New Testament for that. <laughs> uh, but I was going to qualify that a little okay. bit because I, I think I talked to, I was, I'm actually not have been you, it might have been Michael Soto and okay. Mike Smith, who I was, I guess, shout out to them if they're listening, uh, uh, as well as accidentally uh, doxing them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this because I got into an argument sort of in a seminary class. We we're talking about discipline. What if a pastor falls into sin? What if PMB tomorrow is discovered he is deeply addicted to pornography? Would that be treated the same as if we found out that he's been having an affair with another woman for the last 10 years compared to say he was addicted to pornography for 10 years? Would you treat that the exact same? And I would say, no, you shouldn't. I would say no. Uh, because I feel like when you're actually, I feel like I feel like there's a relational difference. But I guess part of the hard hitting thing is, but at the same time, it's still they're both still sin. Yeah. So like, how do we navigate that awkward line? Especially because you guys are the ones who are married. I'm not. How would you guys navigate this line? Like I know, I'm sure it hurts your wives both if you guys were to look at it. I just wasn't sure if you guys wanted to share a little bit or give yeah. your thoughts. Yeah. So. Um, 
to the first part, I think what we were talking about earlier, the desensitizing part, um, I think that's super important when it comes to thinking about the difference between porn and actually committing adultery. Um, because even though you're not physically committing the act, you kind of are mentally. And I think that's what Jesus was saying. And so when you're desensitizing yourself, you're kind of leaving a little bit uh, less left in the tank for your wife. And so now there's less of you to give. And meanwhile, you're still sensitizing your lust. And so you're going to continue uh, seeking out those other things other than your wife. And so little by little, you're kind of like inching away from your wife. And, and that's in my mind, the adulterous part, right? Like you're, um, you're not being your full self to her Mm. and you're, you're kind of getting away from her. And so, um, I'll let you guys answer the the second part of the question, but yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, Hmm. That's a good one. Um, as I said, it's, a, it's kind yeah. of a, tr- it's a tricky question. It is and it isn't. Like, yeah. I think, I believe that in the eyes of God, um, it is the same. I, I think that watching pornography or looking at pornography is still being unfaithful to your spouse. Absolutely. Because you are fantasizing about other people. You are, um, I mean, essentially getting off, you know, on images of, of other people. And so that is being unfaithful to your spouse. Yeah. Um, I do think there's a difference because the consequences are different. Yeah. Right? yeah. So there's, there's some sort of relational difference with the actions. Yeah, definitely. There's a relational difference. And there's also like physical consequences. Yeah. When it, like you can... You know, if you're actually committing adultery and like sleeping with somebody else, yeah, you can get a sexually transmitted disease. Like that mm. is a consequence. That is something that can happen. Yeah. Mm. That's not gonna happen when you're on your computer, <laughs> you know. If it does, you have a very yeah. weird computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think words are important and I wanna help clarify because I think even uh P and B says it all the time. They're the same in that they're both sin, but they're different because one is a lesser evil, right? One has more consequences. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, yes. Yes. Um, I think they're both evil. Um, I guess you could say one is a lesser evil because of, of and that's obviously like consequences. depending on where your heart's at, right? If you're straight up evil in your <laughs> heart watching what you're watching, but you're kind of like just in a bad place at a wrong time when you uh, make a physical mistake, that's kind of debatable. Um, I mean, don't quote me on that, but <laughs> I'm just, I, I get what you're coming from. The, the, it's situational, right? Yeah. Every, every situation's different. Um, but because you started by saying they're the same and then you said there's a difference. Yeah. Well, cause I, I think, I think it's both. Yeah. So I, I think they are the same and that they're both sin. They're both, um, being unfaithful, but they're being unfaithful in different ways. Mm-hmm. And that is where the different consequences come into play. Yeah. And to, to answer you about the, um, the relational side, like I, I, although I believe that, you know, our spouse is devastated when they find out we're watching porn, you know, um, I think 
they're even more devastated when they find out we are actively, Mm. you know, having sexual relations with somebody outside of our marriage. That is, I mean, that's just crushing, you know? Um, So yeah, it's, I don't think there's any super clear answer, but I I would say that it's both. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think um, which one is worse really (laughs) matters too much, I think. No, they're both awful. Yeah, they're both awful because they both kind of separate you from your wife. And from God. And from God, right? And. And that's why we need Jesus to, to reconcile us. Yeah. yeah. Well, because when we do either one of those, we're not loving our wife like Christ loves the mm. church, you know? Amen. Like when you read 1 Corinthians 13, and it's talking about what love is, looking at porn or having sex with a woman, like outside yeah. of your marriage, that is not... Neither of them are it. No, you're not yeah. loving your wife. Therefore, you are not obeying Christ, mm. and you are sinning. So... Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I think. That's good, man. Yeah, thank you guys for sharing that. It was actually funny, right as you guys were talking, I just had another really, this would actually be a way, conversation for another time. It, I feel like I just had a question that you could go on for hours potentially with, talking about uh, sexual sin and how it separates us. Uh, well, Jesus said any sort of divorce except on the grounds of adultery or sexual sin or sexual morality is... Uh, will cause your ex-spouse to then commit adultery as well as your new spouse. Well, then, like, exactly what kind of sexual sin is it? Because then if we're all in sexual sin because of something like this, does that mean every woman in, like, in America has the grounds to just immediately divorce her husband and not be in sin? Or mm. That was just a little, like, this would be a very heavy theological <laughs> question. Yeah, uh, that we, we, would, we would be here all, literally all day and they're still not have an answer. Mm. Uh, did you guys have any final thoughts before I went into some scripture for us as we uh, get near our end? Um, just in conclusion for um, for you guys that are maybe debating on whether or not porn is wrong or not, um, this book comes to a conclusion that says it desensitizes you to pleasure. It sensitizes your lust and it cripples your willpower. And if, if you need uh, any help in, in overcoming this, um, there are many groups at our church. There are many groups at other churches. Um, mm-hmm. If you know the guy that is making this podcast, you can reach out to him, or you can just show up uh, any night, Tuesday night, six thirty to eight thirty. Love to have all you guys. I told Brian I'd give a shout out because I want more guys in our group. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. Yeah. Thanks oh. for doxing. No, I'm just joking now. <laughs> I don't think I have anyone who listens to this podcast who doesn't know me or my mom personally. Okay. <laughs> Come to Brian. Find me. Um, <laughs> the only final thought I have is when you opened up this podcast, you mentioned PMO. And you didn't explain it. For those of you who don't know what mm. PMO is, because I did not for the longest time, it is porn, masturbation, and orgasm. Yes. Yeah, I probably should have explained that. We we focused a large amount of about porn, but I mean, we focused a lot about masturbation as well. And yeah. I mean, we focus on all of it, I guess, because yeah. yeah. two of them are heavily implied always. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, thank you, Josiah. Yes. Yeah, I actually found that about I think two or three weeks ago when I went mm-hmm. to group. Uh, so as we are nearing our close, I always like to share a couple of scripture verses uh, just to challenge us or to help 
or to help reorient ourselves on scripture, regardless of where the conversation goes. Uh, and then this is, I'm going to say I have three. One is first Corinthians six I'm sure everyone at some point has heard this one flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against their own body. So we're harming ourselves when we sin sexually more than every other sin is what Paul says. And then we're going to think about that. And then in the context of Genesis 2.24, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they'll become one flesh. Mm. The reason that you're, you're, you're harming yourself so much is because sin, sexual sin also affects the person you're one with because you're now one flesh. You're no longer just one body. You're two bodies as one, kind of reflecting the Trinity. So when we're in sexual sin, that affects both people, not just yourself. And so you harm yourself, you harm them, and you harm anyone else uh, by supporting, if you're like, you just leave in a single view, like that supports a porn website or so on. And then last but not least, one of my favorite passages. Uh, this is Matthew five twenty-seven through 30. You've heard it said... You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Mm. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your body parts than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Jesus was a grown man. He knew what he was saying. A lot of times when people read this passage, they like to be like, oh, uh, right hand. It would be funny if he meant like masturbating. That's what, exactly what Jesus was like speaking about here. He's saying it's better for you to lose your hands or lose your eyes than for you to go into sexual sin if it means you could be closer to God and if it means you could be in eternity with him. Because it's better to lose one of your body parts than for our entire body to go into hell. Mm-hmm. Uh so leaving on the kind of a somber note, but of just that challenge of like Jesus, heaven, relationships with our spouses, for me, hopeful future spouse, uh, that's far more important than our own desires. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Roman and Josiah, for joining me with our bonus episode here. Uh, thank Yeah, I already said thank you guys for listening. Uh, uh, we would love it if you guys would leave a follow or a like or uh, comment or whatever platform you're on. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you ever want us to talk about anything specific, you could email us at realworld at gmail.com. Uh, if I, if it, <laughs> I might've said it slightly wrong, it'll be in the show notes. You guys will be able to see it in the description. Uh, before we hang it up, did you guys have any final thoughts? Uh, thanks for having us. This was awesome. Yeah. This was great. This, Thank you. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Well, I'll talk to you guys next time. Hopefully with my mama. <laughs> and oh, I would, I would love to have you guys back too, of course. Anytime. Yep, yep.